Welcome to the Denomits Podcast. This is a special episode today. So I have Jasmine Hogart, who is a dental hygiene master's student, and she reached out to me on LinkedIn and wanted to interview me for her project, for her master's project. And I recommended that we have her on the pod so that I can interview her as well. She was in the military, in the Navy, working on an aircraft carrier and saw somebody get their two front teeth knocked out. So she decided when she was done with her observing her time in the military that she would like to get into dentistry and she became a dental hygienist. She has a passion for working uh, with the elderly and doing advocacy work, teaching children and doing what she can to better lives for individuals. So enjoy this episode, a little special episode. Advocacy, that's your passion. That's what I found the most intriguing. I love that too. I, that's, actually, that's one of my big passions. Standing up for other too, people. Yes, I've that's seen my, way too many three-year-old little girls come in. I'm embarrassed to smile because they have never gotten dental care before and all their teeth are bombed out. Or I used to be a caregiver and I would see elderly people and nobody was brushing their teeth adequately. And I mean, I have elderly come into my office And I'm always concerned that the caregiver maybe isn't willing or doesn't have the knowledge to properly give treatment to their elderly. So I would really like to see that change. I mean, I know there's a whole bunch of people in between that that need help, but that's some of the bigger like things that I've been concerned about. In school, we did our project on VAP, oh, okay. so ventilator-associated pneumonia. So we did okay. our project on that, learning so much about that. Yes, because the bacteria in your mouth, and then you're putting ventilators in elderly or sick people in the hospital, and then the bacteria is actually causing pneumonia and can be um, deadly, unfortunately. But nurses aren't trained either. I mean, they're not there to brush your teeth, but it's bacteria. And so many times you go to the doctor, right, and they don't look in your mouth. There's so much you can learn, you know, by looking in someone's mouth. Yeah. I mean, I can pretty much tell if somebody's got high cholesterol, like if they're on that time of the month or they're stressed. If I go to probe or do measurements and then there's like a thin blood, like a thin runny blood and there's thicker blood. Yeah. You're doing the numbers, but you're like, okay, like think of the, their health history. It's all going through your head, trying to put things together. And, and yeah. sometimes they don't hear these ideas from people. And sometimes you're like, Oh, maybe you have a vitamin deficiency. You know, if you see somebody with a, a sore on their mouth, you know, the corner of their mouth, chewing ice, chewing ice, <laughs> or like, if you, you know, unfortunately like HIV and other things as well, things that they might not even clue that they need to be for, GI you know. issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, doing the training on oral myofascial the way your teeth occlude and the way you chew does so many different things to your GI because this is where it starts. And people- yes, this is. Yeah, this is the beginning of the digestive system, right? Right here. Uh-huh. And what you put in there. Yeah, cutting up your food really small, eating the right foods, it makes a difference. And that's one thing in the oral facial myofunctional therapy training as well. They teach you like to give a baby a whole apple or to give them a chicken leg. You can't bite off more than you can chew because your mouth is little. So you're only going to take a little bite. So it's going to be appropriate to your size. But as parents, you know, we're so afraid of choking that we chop everything up and grind everything up. So then they're, they don't learn how to chew and develop those muscles either and swallow properly. And so talk about helicopter parenting, right? You think you're doing the best and loving your child, but really you're hurting a natural process. So yeah, it's really interesting. I totally am going to take those classes now because 
I mean, I would never even have thought about it like that. Like, oh, I'm yeah. cutting up my kid's food too small. You just can't win, can you? So you want to advocate for seniors and then children like that, tell, you know, to, talking to parents because parents don't know this, right? I, so I worked in the, the front office and the dental office for like 10 years before I, before I even went to hygiene school. And then I went to hygiene school. We learned we carry this is an infectious disease. And I'm like, what? I did not even know this. And I worked on the dental office. I didn't know it. Like, I didn't know this was an infectious disease. Most people in the front office, I feel like as a hygienist, we get complacent. And we're like, oh, they're the front office. They work with dental. They know these things. But I am temping and I go from facility to facility. And sometimes I'll clean the teeth of the front office person or people. And I'll start telling them the things that I would tell, tell regular patients because I realize they don't, they don't know. Why would they know? They didn't go through medical training. Why would we assume that they know? Right. But it, it's just like such a normal thing. I feel like that as hygienists, we just assume everyone in the facility knows what's going on with teeth. And right. Exactly. I That's mean, like even dental assistants don't have a full comprehension that the dental hygienists get because they didn't take the same kinds of classes. That's yeah. why we're dental hygienists and they're dental assistants. And we don't know some of the things they know. The background of things that you learn are just totally different. And we take them for granted because it's just in there now. It's embedded in us. And when we're looking at something, we're thinking of all these things like we were talking about, but doesn't necessarily mean that that person knows what you're looking at. So you need to tell them. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So tell me a little bit more about your journey. Let's talk. Let's talk about you. <laughs> You started, how did you get into um, hygiene school? Where did, did you start someplace else or did you just go to hygiene school right out of high, high school? I went into the military and I worked on uh, jets and I worked on the engines and I did a lot of things in the military, but I never even remotely got close to the dental field or medical field. I saw a girl get her front teeth knocked out by an F-18 jet ladder because if you're short, you can't put the ladder up very well. You have to like jump. And it came back, knocked her two front teeth out. And they stayed up all night to make her new front teeth. So she wouldn't have to walk around without her smile. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to oh. give people their smiles back. Yes. So I got out of the military after my four years. And I went to school in Texas. I started off in Texas because Texas Women U University has a really good dental program. It's like, was like the top five. I didn't want to necessarily go back to the West Coast, Oregon, where I'm from, because I wanted to get my schooling out of the way. I didn't want to kind of put my foot in, kind of play with my friends. I wanted to get it done. And I went two years in Texas and I was like, oh, I've got to go home. I need a support system. So I went home. I got into a dental hygiene program and then I got my license and then I fell in love and moved to Florida. So okay. I went to school, graduated in Oregon and then flew to Florida almost immediately. <laughs> okay. So you came back for a little bit. Which part of yeah. Oregon did you live in? I was in the Portland metro area for the most part. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So I was born in, in Portland area, but now I live in Scabboo, so a small town outside of Portland, which you probably know where that's at, by Sobe Island. Mm -hmm. And so so you're in the military. Which branch were you in? The I was Navy in the Navy. Then? Okay. Yes. So you're on the ships, 
The yeah, Venice and the Nimitz. It's a air, they're both aircraft carriers. Uh huh. Well, that's exciting. Well, thank you for doing that. That's that's awesome. Yeah, yeah it so, was a lot of fun. So you've been in hygiene just since 2020. Tell me what it was like being in school. Right, you were in school when COVID hit. What was that like? Mm -hmm. And you were so here in I Oregon. I was supposed to be graduating, and everything kind of shut down. And even though we were trying to still take classes, trying to finish up the year, we really couldn't because we needed the clinical side of things. So when clinical side of things started to open up, which we had to like fight for, we finally started doing clinical, not really people wanting to come in and we had to take our boards and you couldn't have patients for boards, which almost yeah. all states require to have a patient yeah. for your boards. Honestly, Florida is one of the harder states to get your hygiene license because uh, there's lots of people that come from other countries. And so they were having issues with getting people to have the same standard of care. And so they made it really strict for getting your license here. But luckily, they, for like a small time period, let us do the mannequins, which is nothing like we practice the mannequins do not have teeth like ours it's yes. like this soft material and you're like removing this soft material because you're like well this isn't what a tooth feels like so i mean i did my restorative on a mannequin and those teeth melt it's like it's harder you think oh yeah we gotta use a mannequin it's hard to me it was harder than doing one on a real person like a real tooth. I mean when it comes down to it the what you learn in school is why you're able to take those exams because they think hey you are ready to be a hygienist you have a certified program that gets you ready to be a hygienist and so the exam is like well I've already gone through years of proving that I can be a hygienist. Yeah. I went to my boards and we have like five hours and stack paper, scratch paper, stack like this and all this time. And then the nurse will come in and she gets one piece of paper in one hour. And they're like, okay, this, this nurse is going to like work on my whole entire body. And I'm working on the, you know, the head and the neck and the mouth, but it just shows you how much details and how much um, education that we have to have and do And Plus that's just one board. Then you have your anesthesia board and you know, written and didactic. And then you also have your restorative board. Oh, so much. Being a dental hygienist and being able to do restorative was something I was looking forward to in Oregon, but they do not have restorative here in Florida. They just uh, started allowing dental assistants to do restorative, which kind of makes me like, mm, maybe I in could, Florida? yeah, maybe I could get a dental assisting restorative, but we'll see. If it's something that, yeah, if it's something that you really want to do. Of course, I've got carpal tunnel, so I don't know. You worked for a couple of years and you got carpal tunnel, so you've backed off to a couple of days a week. So I think I actually had carpal tunnel beforehand because of the military. Military is extremely hard on your body. But yeah, I went down to working a couple of days a week. That helped significantly with the amount of discomfort I have. I've been going through the VA to try and get like surgery done or look at what I can do about it. So sometimes it feels like I'm trying to jump through hoops and I'm finally on the path where I'm going to get a consult to get treatment and then possibly get surgery. Oh, good. That's my intention is to get surgery. 
Yeah, you want to get get better. How many days a week were you working before you got back to two? I want to say I was working five days a week. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot. I was actually in a de novo. So it was a new practice. And I was doing a lot of new patient intake. So I was doing a lot of radiographs and stuff like that. And like through high school, through high school, hygiene school, I had a bit of trouble with my wrist. But once I started doing the back to back new patient intakes and moving the radiograph equipment around, I think that's really where I seem to have a lot of issues. I don't know what it is about pressing the button for the radiographs, but something triggers something in my hand that's just not comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and then the lead vest. I mean, we don't use those any longer. I mean, we don't have to. Some practices still do, but that was a lot too because you're lifting it. Ergonomics are super important. For yes, that. they are. Yeah. Once you have surgery, if you can still jump in one, you know, one day a week or one day a month or something just to get in there, it's good too. Yeah, I'm hoping I get to because I really do love like getting patients. It does break my heart being a temp hygienist and like meeting patients and just falling in love with them. And then just, you're never going to see them again. More than I know, <laughs> I know. But at least you get to see them that one time, even if you can just, you know, meet them that one time. But I know it is nice yeah. to see the same patients every three, four, six months. I feel like it's a good break for them also because they usually have the same hygienist. And then when I come in there, I'm like spewing off all this information and they're like, oh, I didn't realize all of that could be connected. I didn't realize I'm having issues with my jaw. I didn't realize, yeah. I mean, sometimes we think that we've already told the patient or we have told the patient, but it doesn't register. And so having another person tell them, I feel like really helps. Yes. It's like having a second opinion all the time. Yeah. Without going into another office. Yeah. It's great. I know it's, it's all good. Now, how long do you have until your master's to be completed? So I should have my bachelor's at the end of December. I'm already started into my master's program. It's like two classes, bachelor, two classes, master's. And so by the end of December next year, I'll have my master's 2024. All right. Well, good luck with everything. And let me know if you have any other questions or I can help you any further along the way, if you want to get that podcast started. I really appreciate it. Thank you again for doing this interview with me. Yes, of course. There are a fidget poppers. Give those to your patients and they can hang on to them and then they can concentrate on what's in their hand, that little popper. And check out fidget poppers, smilemakers.com. Use code DAP20 for 20% off of your order.